Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. So what's on the president's mind? We know what's on the president's mind. 16 tweets today to start the new year. Some of them deeply disturbing. Right. I mean, the, w- considering how the new year has started, um, I mean, what does this say about the year? Madness. Or- and I think we should start to call it that, shouldn't we? You know, when President Trump was inaugurated last January, some writers, some columnists like Andrew Sullivan started right away to raise concerns about the president's mental health, about his fitness for office. In the months that followed, we saw Republican senators like Jeff Flake bring these issues up, try to ask about his fitness for office. Bob Corker, another name that comes to mind. I think we could apply a test to his 16 tweets today. The test would be, if this were the leader of... if this were the leader of Germany or China or Brazil, what would we say? How would we cover these tweets? We would say these are the messages from a person who is not well, from a leader who is not fit for office. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 3rd of January, year of our Lord, 2018. And we start off like we kind of ended, didn't we? That's CNN losing it. Uh, Trump triggered the freaking world and... We'll hit a little bit in there, but I thought it was a good way to start with CNN just losing their mind. But the most important thing we could talk about really is the Arctic outbreak. Yours truly just ran into what is happening uh, on Drudge, if you're a Drudge follower. The power grid's having a problem with this cold snap because damn near 250 million Americans are sucking buttermilk, freezing. I was one of them. My power went out last night. It was what I like to call horrible. And, you know, most of the country, pretty much from the Rockies, yeah, like Eastern Oregon, down to where I am, uh, down to Atlanta, really Louisiana, yeah, down to Louisiana, New Orleans, over through the Panhandle of Tennessee and the whole East Coast. Everybody on the chill factor is below freezing right now. Um, it was 30 degrees when I drove home today. Uh, started the day at the teens. It was actually feeling rather warm. Tomorrow will be nine, but it, it has been a cold spell like I can't remember in a really long time. Um, it is really, really cold out. And unfortunately, where I live, you don't get any snow with it. We're, we're just getting cold, which just makes the whole concept kind of shitty. So, Anyway, wanted to cover that before we get in there. I hope everybody out there is nice and warm. You're indoors, got a cup of coffee or something as you're listening to this. Because if you're outside, I don't think you'll like it. It's pretty horrible. So let's get on in and close the loop. Time to start working on your sequel to your book, What Happened? What the hell happened? Get someone in your tech staff to disable autofill on your iPhone so that typing an F doesn't become form exploratory committee for 2020. You know on Anderson Cooper, you were telling him about alternate nostril breathing? You seem really adept. You should try teaching a class. 
take more photos in the woods. How else are you going to meet unsuspecting hikers? Take up a new hobby in the new year. Volunteer work, knitting, improv comedy, literally anything that'll keep you from running again. To finally put away your James Comey voodoo doll. Now we all know you think that James Comey cost you the election, and he might have, but so did a handful of other things. It's a year later and time to move on. So cheers to you, Hillary Clinton. Cheers to you, Hillary. Cheers to you, Hillary Clinton. That is Vanity Fair, and I forgot a note here. I hope the sound is coming back better. I redid the whole digs, got the monitors and left, and the sexy sound research voice dampening wall of honor put up here, and it seems to be stopping the echo and trapping my loud voice a little bit better. So I'm trying to talk softer. We'll work the kinks out. But that was a Vanity Fair six resolutions for Hillary Clinton. It went over like you thought it would go over. Calvin Schroff, Mitt Romney lost, the media's begging him to run office. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, and they told her to take up knitting. Sexism at work. Romney lost. Hillary won. DC Press, why don't... Why won't you just go away, Nick Morrow? Strange how losing male presidential candidate Mitt Romney, same thing. Brian Fallon, Mitt Romney may run for Senate. I thought failed presidential candidates were only allowed to take up knitting. It's like, you know, once again, I say it over and over. It, they synchronize watches. These people are such fucking sheep. They all have the same argument. I've said it before. I'll say it again. These conservatives, you look different tracks. Because we're not all groupthink going to the same webpage and going... Talking points memo, this is what I'm saying today. Peter Dow, the fuckboy who loves Hillary, 2018 is beginning with Hillary Clinton getting attacked for the right and left. Make no mistake, I'm going to defend her for smears as vigorously as I did as 2015-16-17, and I don't want to hear crap about rehashing the past. When they stop attacking, I'll stop defending, because I'm a fuckboy. I went from there, no worries, VF. Just picked up a subscription. I'll take this one place. Let's make bipartisanship great again. Other one, I'm getting rid of it. We're the 99%. One was, I counted it once. I forgot. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Seventy middle fingers. That's what they used for their, what is it, 280 now? Yeah. 280. There was even articles, Vanity Fair editors attacked over satirical video, six New Year's resolutions for Hillary Clinton. Wow, when even a liberal magazine like Vanity Fair starts to attack Hillary Clinton, you know it's bad. This past week, editors from magazine Politics and Business section, Hive, published the one-minute video, blah, 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 blah. Though the video is fast approaching one million views via Twitter, it's more noticeably has evoked an avalanche of anger and outrage in a form of over 10,000 Twitter comments, the overwhelming majority of which express shock and indignation with repeat calls for Vanity Fair to remove the video. Ah, don't talk about our dear later that way. But Patricia Arquette, hey, stop telling one what the fuck they should do or not to do. HRC persists are the handles, uh, yeah, it's it's just a fucking cult. I mean, I, I have my top tweet before this shit came out. The Democrats. Wishing you all Happy New Year's, Democrats. Just Democrats. And these are the same people that were dogging tw- Trump for not saying all Americans or saying it wrong. I mean, I don't even fucking know what he said that was so wrong. He's saying even you haters. He was talking like they talk and they don't like it. But... My tweet I gotta cover because it really covers what's wrong 
2017 and 2018, and that's the elitist media taking offense to everything, is a guy named Mike Tannier. So New Year's Day, I'm catching up on the bowl stuff, and maybe it was the second. Shit, I don't remember. All I know, no, it was New Year's Day. It's New Year's Day, I'm I'm taking my morning constitution, and I'm reading Bleacher Report. So let, let me get the story right. It was Bleacher Report. And the first thing Mike Tanier does is blah, 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 Trump or something. So I respond, stick to sports, dick. He pins that and says, Twitter trolls are out there in force today. Uh, what was he, what was it? Uh, Happy New Year from Twitter clown troll community. And then he did, I, I just said a simple thing with, you know, hey, you know, I, I think it'd be awesome if we did mix politics. This is what this fuckhead said to me. Son, you woke up on New Year's Day and insulted a stranger. You make bad life choices. Reconnect with family or something. I don't expect thanks for this excellent advice. You're welcome. Also, son, I was obviously tweeting about sports, so you may have to read comprehension issues. Might want to work on that again. And again, you're welcome. Happy New Year. So I responded as following. Son. I'm a 50-year-old combat vet. I need no advice from a progressive sports dude. You might want to take my advice and tone down your holier-than-thou attitude. You are a dick. I'm a dick. Combat taught me words aren't offensive. Maybe you need to get shot at to find your balls also. Reported and blocked instantaneously. He said I threatened him. After that tweet, I logged into my rogue account. Well, I used to have a rogue account for flyover politics, and then I just said, well, fuck it. I don't tweet as a person. I, I tweet as Tony Reed, so that's what we're going with. This is go fop Tony Reed, and that's where we're rolling. So that's what I went with and got rid of that account. But I just didn't, well, I didn't get rid of it. I just didn't shut it off. Well, literally, literally, every little progressive resistance member was having jerk porn to my tweet and saying how, oh, he said Trump gave up this or he's got some issues. And that sums up where we're at in the media. As we'll get through all this other shit, it just sums it up. I can stop the podcast now and go, there it is. I can say whatever I want, insult as many people as I want. I call them son because he was a mixed African-American white dude. He can do that. If I would have put sun anywhere in my shit, oh my God, Lord Jesus. Secondly, no progressive, progressives just don't want to hear anybody else's opinion. They're the smartest people in the room. They're the Chuck Toads out there. I am so smart. You're so stupid. I'm here to help you. Knows nothing about a stranger, but in his own argument, you insulted a stranger. Well, you're telling a stranger he's a son and he need life advice from a guy who reported for the New York Times. So what I said hit home and he got upset. I just took a guess. After this, I looked it up. He's from the New York Times. Didn't hack it over there in Libland because he wasn't liberal enough on his stuff. He probably wasn't woke enough. He wasn't using intersectionality in sports. Today's on Bleacher Report acting like he knows everything. So... That sums up my first day in 2018. I know it's not going to change. It's going to go on through every fucking day. It's already happened today. It happened yesterday. It's going to keep happening. That's just how they are. But anywho, 
Then Trump's tweet came in. And once again, I'm not going to read it. He just said the fake news media. Everybody have a happy news. But he did a couple jabs. No one likes you. Obama's better. Get Go fuck yourself. Your impeachment 2018 will be great. You're an utter disgrace. Uh, what a dreadful and unprudential New Year messages. Have some dignity. You're a piece of shit. Yeah, that was, that was, they lost it. And you heard the media. The media was talking about it. We'll talk about the next one about Iran, so we're going to get into Iran also, but they just lost it over that tweet. I want to remind everybody out there that Obama was divisive on every fucking issue we ever had. He put his picture on every fucking thing on Twitter. He started this presidential Twitter for eight fucking years. I got an argument today with an African-American, not an argument, but we disagreed with an African-American that Obama was no different. Trump is un finessed and he's more pointed but we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Obama he started this social media I am going to insert myself in everything my favorite the moon landing a picture of him looking at the fucking moon there was nothing we did it could be fucking arbitrary he's over there holding a fucking drink he was all about himself he might not have been as rude he wasn't pointed but why wouldn't Trump be pointed that's what got him fucking elected the middle of the country actually liked that You people in the bubbles love talking shit to people and being condescending and using 45 words to say, go fuck yourself. He just distills down to go fuck yourself. What's wrong with that? You're saying the same thing. But yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much where we're at in the world. Anything he does, last podcast, it was global warming. This time just saying, hey, you haters also. Oh, that's unpresidential. Well, what is presidential anymore? Sitting on top of the screen, and every time there's an African-American that gets injured in America, that could be my son, everybody's fucking racist, that's presidential? I know to the left it is, but I didn't think that was presidential. Saying that you can keep your policy and your doctor, and no, I'm not going to keep my policy and doctor. Your rates aren't going to change, my rates are going to change. That's presidential. Golfing while Benghazi happens, that's presidential. Using the IRS to go after conservative groups, that's presidential. Iran? Do I need to, do I have to list this shit off? I know the media doesn't want to. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll move on. Words banned for the new year. Fake news gets the top folks. This year's list include, let me ask you this, unpack, impactful, nothing burger, tons dish, drill down, let that sink in, top vote getter, fake news. The problem with that? Who started it? You did, media. So now you're saying we're not supposed to use it. Okay. Entertainment Weekly, March 2017, by praising Obama, Kimmel, Kaepernick, and tarring Trump. Not even going to read it. It's so expected. The AP picks NFL anthem antics as top 27 story, but not empty seats or lower ratings, which are still happening. If I see Colin Kaepernick one more time, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. He doesn't even play football anymore. I see him more than I see Aaron Rodgers. They're the same, folks. Aaron Rodgers on injured reserve. But I see him more. I see Kaepernick all the time. That motherfucker ain't play football for a year. What the frick, man? Who gets the dog in a divorce and other state laws? These are going into deflected 2018. We talked a little bit about them. Um, 
Iowa, voters will be asked to show their IDs at the poll. West Virginia requires voters at any election to show an ID. I don't have a problem with that. If you do, you're an idiot because you can't even buy fucking paint without an ID. In California, employers can no longer ask about your prior salary. Job up can volunteer that information if they wish. The new state law prohibits employers relying on your salary history to decide whether to make you a job offer and decide how much to offer you. So they're making businesses pay more money. People are just going to leave California altogether. Nevada law requires employers to grant up to 160 hours of leave per year to employees who are victims of domestic violence. Nothing wrong with that. Employers in Vermont can't request to require employees to provide social media content. They're going to find it anyway. That's a stupid law, but so is you can only have sex in the missionary, but whatever. California and local law enforcement agencies will not be able to use its resources to funds for immigration enforcement. There is actually a sign on the Nevada border saying, welcome MS-13. Somebody put it up. Nobody's taking it down. It's all over Twitter. It's not fake. It's a real picture. New Jersey. Police officers in Jersey who handle sexual assault investigations are required to get training. North Carolina Driver's Handbook will give instructions on how to deal with police during a traffic stop. Jesus, freaking guacamole, that's fucking horrible. New York employees take up to eight weeks of paid family leave. This is for bonding with a newborn. I don't have a problem with that. I've always thought it was kind of fucked up to get on maternity leave when you have the baby, but what about dad? He should get some time, maybe four weeks to help mom. Fuck. In Illinois, pets will be treated more like kids and property in splits. Pets could be subject to partial or joint custody. Wow. A state that's going bankrupt is worrying themselves with that. A really good one in Tennessee. School buses in Tennessee will have more oversight following deadly crash in Chattanooga. The law requires local school agencies to have transportation supervisors. New school bus drivers must complete a training program, must be at least 25 years old, and probably shouldn't have dreadlocks and be stoned. That could have something to do with it. I don't know. Maybe it's me. Illinois requires school districts to make feminine hygiene products free now. The free tampon lives somewhere. A, a snowflake got extra cold. California passed a similar measure that applies to schools of low-income students. Colleges in Tennessee cannot stifle freedom of speech and expression by using speech codes, establishing free speech zones, or just inviting speakers. That's good. California can lay state to legalize rec- recreational pot. We're going to cover that in depth for our New Year's Eve coverage. Oh, good frickin' Lord. Uh, people who grow marijuana in Colorado are limited to 12 plants at home. Those who have medical conditions are allowed to have 24 plants. I doubt anybody's out there counting. August 4th is now Barack Obama Day in Illinois. Once again, passing all sorts of stupid shit. Corners official grain of Illinois. That's really important, though you're going bankrupt. Okay. Barbers can now make house calls in Tennessee for ill customers. Well, I don't, that's a stupid fucking rule that they couldn't do that before. And public officers, such as elected officials and managers who are convicted of felony that is re- re- relevant to the job, can have their pensions revoked in New York. So there's the, the, Stupid laws. Just one. There's plenty more. I just grabbed one article. This happened. A man in custody in Houston. Police find AR-15 shotgun in his hotel room. Houston. That's pretty fucking bad. Pretty bad. He was drunk in a bar. Then they found him. No cause, no motive. We'll know nothing about it. Just like we still don't know what the fuck the lefty in Vegas was up to. Because they don't want to put it out. We talked about... Safe zones in Europe. The Berlin one worked really well. Women still got sexually assaulted. And in 
Paris, because that's what most of the progressives in the bubble really want us to be, is Paris. Female police officers beaten so fucking bad, they were kicking her and she looked like a rag doll. It was a criminal lynching. That's how it's being reported. An ISIS guy took chilling selfies in snow-covered New York streets and put it out. Saying he's going to blow shit up. So that's that's fucking fantastic. And to show we got crazy motherfuckers here because I want to be an equal opportunity criticizer. 16-year-old boy allegedly kills parents, sisters, family, friends minutes before New Year. Yeah. Shot him. Killed them all. They, of course, got in this article automatic rifle. Or semi-automatic rifle about 10,000 times. Had to make sure we're doing that. I made a tour of celebrities and... My favorite one is Neil deGrasse Tyson. Not that anybody asks, but New Year Day on Gregorian calendar is cosmically arbitrary, carrying no astronomical significance at all. He also said that, uh, let me find the second tweet. Meanwhile, the dates of Chinese New Year's, Lent, Easter, Passover, Suntanalia, Christmas, and Ramadan are all referenced astronomical events. Charles C. Cook does the work for me. It doesn't have any nutritional significance either, according to my restaurant or friend, but somehow he still manages to grasp that it's an important cultural event that doesn't need filtering through a professor's lens and explaining as everyone's a fucking moron. Thank you. Kirk Eichenwall starts our political jackass people. I thought 2020 is a year, is year four, a real third party, not fringe, but in middles. Dems dominate a progressive. GOP stick with Trump and new party be a uni- unity. Sane GOPers and Mill Road Dems, real choice. If Unity won, Fox propaganda would be eviscerated with no no idea whether to attack or support. I'm not going to read the replies. Dems were the ones that were mad. Everything in that was great until he said Fox propaganda. It's not Fox propaganda is the problem right now. It's lib propaganda, you fucking libtard. You're the people that got the problem. We'll show it in depth. Through this podcast, blue check Democratic operatives that are supposed to be reporters are losing their fucking mind over everything. Chelsea Handler, of course, I hope to take time to read this very important article and hopes all of us have a better understanding what it feels like to be oppressed. And of course, wishing the world more peace and love this coming year in every color, every country. Long article, Trump's racist, everybody's a racist and voted for him, Web to bows, Tanishi Coates. That's all I have to say. Tanisha Coates, total fucking racist, and Webb DeBose is a fucking white, a black supremacist, so I, I love the replies. Why don't you lex- lecture less, smile more? Why don't you work on writing new material and being funny? That was the best ones that came through there. Two people that did respond to her, this is just a perfect one to show how she, Rosie O'Donnell, Mike Tanier can say whatever the fuck they want because they're blue checks. They're a registered progressive on Twitter. You know, Sheriff Clark gets banned for a gif that he kicked. It was a CNN gif. He got banned from Twitter. But, you know, Chelsea Hanner can say this. No, you fucking idiot. I'm actually going to a house that I overpaid to rent for my friends and family because I gave away so much money to people in need this year. I decided to treat myself to a vacation. I'm rich. You're poor. I'm better than you. You're a loser. Then she said, disregarding basic security p- protocols, like the ones you disregard every single day, when is that annual physical shit for brains? It's like your brain is eroding day by day, keep it up. 
That was to the President of the United States. She's not blocked. She called the President of the United States shit for brains. Everybody in the world could literally report this tweet. Nothing will happen. Rosie was doing some crazy YouTube video. So on we go towards larger truths. 2018, calm us as we gain strength to stand tall, united, and strong in the universal, undeniable truth. Love is all. And it was all about Trump's the devil. Alyssa Milano. She was tweeting, poll average, 56.3 to disprove a POTUS. Don Lemon was trying to clear up a CNN shenanigan when he kissed his boyfriend. Which I was waiting to happen, but I'm going to save all that for what's happening. Because it was a shit show. A fucking shit show. Uh, Joy Reid. What did she have to say? Just heard this Octavian Bootler quote for the first time. I'm now obsessed with it. It's racist shit. Um, I am Groot for 2018. That was her first one. And then she went into... Uh, a bunch of fucking stupid. It was just fucking stupid. It, it was just stupid. She went crazy. Oh, here it is. I had a, it got filtered through some bullshit. Um, she was dogging wild night at Mar-a-Lago. Will we be looking at large sheets of printed money tonight, sir? Joy Reid added, and it was a picture of Munchen and his wife. And they were basically dogging because um, they were having a party on New Year's. Which I guess only liberals can do. Obama could party his fucking ass off with Jay-Z and Beyonce and drink Cristal. And that was okay. But any from this administration, yeah. Okay. George Tataki, same stupid shit. Linda Sassar, spent New Year's Eve on my couch because real New Yorkers don't stand outside in the freezing cold to watch a ball drop when I can have a front row seat at home. But for those who did, hope it's worth it. Happy New Year. And I'm not going to read anymore. I'm going to get into the money shot. The money shot was CNN. Okay. Um, I'm going to play the soundbite first and then a couple articles. This was, you know, I don't, I'm not a prude. Okay, I'm not a prude. But this was unfucking believable, and this is on the network being done by Don Lemon, uh, Brooke Baldwin, some other chick, uh, Randy Kay. I, I think it's her name. Uh, yeah, Randy Kay. They had two gay dudes hosting it with Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen, who I really like. I like Andy Cohen; he's a good guy, and he was dog on CNN. So that's how bad it was. And uh, Sushi, the transgender. This is not covered a whole lot in here. But Sushi the transgender. They went back five times for Sushi. And uh, this was what the people that are telling everybody what to think, who to vote for, how stupid you are, how Trump is such a piece of shit, how conservatives are a piece of shit, moralistically fucked up and bankrupt. And this was on their network repeatedly from about 8 o'clock p.m. Central till midnight. I do want to go to Randy Kay. She's joining us again uh, along uh, with a, uh, well, she's in Colorado where I guess recreational marijuana she's use. surrounded by weed. Did you get yes. me the cheaper shoes? She's on a, a, bu- a pot bus, basically. How's it going, Randy? <laughs> it's a, it's going great. I'm definitely earning the nickname Kush K, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
Oh, come on. Everybody knows what Kush is. So, listen, uh, I came prepared, you know, this year. I thought maybe I would bring a gas mask with me so I wouldn't, you know, get that contact high. But look at what's on the other end of the gas mask. Yes, a bong. And, of course... They couldn't stand to see a bung that didn't have any um, cannabis in it. So you you actually put it in the bung, you filled it up, yeah. and you don't want it. You don't want it. You, you packed it. Okay. Okay. So you're gonna now what? Now you're gonna celebrate a little New Year's early or what? Oh right. Okay. This I don't think this is really what a gas mask is used for, but um, wow. Okay. This is New Year's Eve, Denver this style. This is legal everybody. in Colorado. I know. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm moving it to Colorado. Legal. It is It is very legal. <laughs> wow. But so, we are we hey, are making our way Randy, um, to a puff pass and paint party. Yes, Anderson, go. Okay, yeah, so just explain what uh, you're on a bus. Get that contact high. But look at what's on the other end of the gas mask. Yes, a bong. And of course... They couldn't stand to see a bong that didn't have any cannabis in it. So you, you actually, in the bong, you filled it up. Yeah. And you, you don't want to, you packed it. You packed it. Okay. Okay. So you're going to, now what? Now you're going to celebrate a little New Year or what? Never oh, right. Okay. This, I don't think this is really what a gas mask is used by. Um, wow. Okay. This is New Year's Eve, Denver style. This is legal everybody. in Colorado. I know. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm moving to Colorado. It is. It is very legal. <laughs> Yeah, pot bus. Literally smoking weed on the air, drinking weed, eating weed, using ProMass. Minnesota Patriot, our society is doomed. Randy Kay is smoking weed live on TV. They said that she didn't smoke it in a lot of these. She did. She had a lighter in her fucking hand. Another article, right in the cannabis, CNN aids stoners with gas masks. Uh, I want to go to Randy Kay. She's joining us again along with, well, she's in Colorado where I guess recreational marijuana use. She's surrounded by weed. I'm doing great. I'm definitely earning the nickname Kush K. That's for sure. Cooper made a point to let a viewers know that Kay was taking part in what was legal where they were. But Andy Cohen was even saying, hey, what the fuck? What is wrong with CNN? What is wrong with CNN? Because simultaneously, they go over, Don Lemon is living the life. Hashtag Drunk Don. Drunk Don Lemon was trending. He was Cooter Brown fucking drunk 
with Brooke Baldwin showing most of her titties on TV. Then the two gay guys kissed at the end of the night. They had to get that in there. There was a kissing. There was a transgender. There was pot. There was all this shit during primetime on the network. I have no problem with any of that. You can be transgender. You can be fucking gay. You can smoke weed where it's legal. This is the network that spends the whole day telling people like me, I'm wrong, how I'm supposed to feel, how I'm supposed to think, who I'm supposed to vote for, and how morally bankrupt I am as a human being because I believe in a God. Because God's fucking stupid. You're a fucking moron because you believe in that. Those are the same people. Twitter had a field day. People were asking, send us back fucking Kathy Griffin. Because it was so boring. Bring back Kathy. Twitter left unimpressed with Anderson Cooper and Annie Cohn. New Year's Eve double act after Bravo host replaced comedian. Uh, Cohn and Bravo personality replaced Griffin. Cooper and Cohn have been friends for 25 years because they're probably butt buddies. Literally, host sported matching turtlenecks. But they weren't the only one. They weren't the only one that thought this was fucking great. Just okey fucking dokey. NBC, another network that tells the whole country you're morally bankrupt, you're pieces of shit, because you didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. They had articles like this every night. California's going to pot. From mainstream delivery to potluck dinners. In the new year, the golden state is turning green. So what does it all mean? California's Green Rush, this week on Today. Uh, I am here, dressed weed chic, as they say, in a sterile green room at MedMen. It is one of the largest medical marijuana dispensaries in all of California. The longtime cannabis activist and medical marijuana entrepreneur Steve D'Angelo is ready. You've been waiting on this moment a really long time. I have been working for and struggling towards <laughs> this moment for my entire adult life. Pot, of course, is also still federally illegal and has no fan in the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions. None of that, though, as harsh as they say, the legalization buzz. Yeah, and that's, pot's great. Even though it's still federally illegal. Article, during Liberal Cable News Network's year-end broadcast from Times Square, reporter Randy Kay did several um hits from Denver where marijuana's legal. At various point, she held... Joint, laid a bong, marveled over special gas mask. Katie didn't partake herself on air, but the bit was enough to appall some viewers, seeing it's trying to trademark debauchery as its brand for New Year's Eve coverage. I mean, the quite seriously, Media Research Center, I was going to play the soundbite, but I'm not going to. Brent Bozell will explain that the network no longer has comic Kathy Griffith using obscenities to attract viewers. <clears throat> so this year, they're going to do pot and get stoned. For much of the morning on Tuesday, the Drudge Report led its site with stories, CNN stoner New Year, bong lessons on New Network. Meanwhile, The Blaze spent a segment of Glenn Beck radio program breaking down the pot theme report. CNN showed America how to do bong hits. Isn't that great? It's very, very helpful, especially if our kids are watching, Pat Gray said. On New Year's Day, Fox News host Laura Ingram tweeted, We'll see how this all works out for our country. More potheads, increase the cases of schizophrenia, psychosis, more impaired driving as big weed makes billions. The story t- took another turn on Tuesday when WSB TV reporter Tricia Fernandez tweeted that 70 people were arrested when less than an ounce of marijuana was found in a house party. Since nobody claimed that the police arrested everyone, many people took to Twitter to point out 
<clears throat> what they described as hypocrisy between Fernando's report and the CNN had advocated on New Year's Eve. But yet CNN just did their whole New Year's Eve coverage on a weed bus with well over an ounce. They smoked weed on CNN, though. <laughs> Fernandez News also sparked an onslaught of people bringing race to the situation, playing only white people are allowed to smoke pot. And that was a big thing that came up after this. CNN is getting high on marijuana for New Year's. What a desperate attempt for ratings. The most trusted news name in news. Yeah, because everyone trusts potheads. Nice job promoting drug usage. This is why white people should have no control over any drugs. CNN can do this shit, but I could be busted and thrown in jail if the ounce of my weed looks like three kernels of popcorn. Either I'm burning down the marijuana shop so everybody can equally be high. It's still a federal crime. That's my point. That's my point. I'm not being the thought police. I'm not sitting here saying you need to have my morals. If weed was legal, I've said it on the show, I would smoke weed other than taking pain medication for my destroyed back. I would. But weed isn't legal. Most employers, regardless of the law, are still going to require people to do drug tests if that's what it needs for your job. Can't have people stoned on the job. It's no different than being drunk on the job. It's just the same concept. And more importantly, these are the people that spend their days criticizing everybody between the coast. Telling us our lives are wrong. And all they pushed was homosexual relationships, transgender relationships, and transgenders all together with sushi, which was, like I said, cut to numerous times. It wasn't once. It was numerous times Sushi was on TV. Sushi. It's a yearly event where she gets into the 10-foot high heel. That was more important than, hey, what about what's going on in Chicago? Uh, How about the, let's cut the CNN uh, to to Las Vegas. Let's let's go back to Nashville. Nope, drug use. And sushi. Yeah, okay. A great quick one. I'm not going to read the whole thing. This is Lauren Duca for uh, Teen Vogue, which is supposed to be going off the air, and I really can't wait for it to happen. 2017 was the year we fought for democracy. Now what? A year-end retrospective by thigh-high politics columnist Lauren Duca. She writes roses for resistance and just generally refuses to accept toxic nonsense. And she is toxic nonsense. Her Twitter feed to start off 2018 was her flipping off 2017. That's what I want my daughter to follow. That's exactly what I wanted. So let's segue into Iran, which is going something like this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> 
دیگه ارمانشان میدان آزادی So, pro-democracy, pro-democracy protests broke out. What you will find by the end, anybody who says anything about it needs to shut the fuck up. You're not supposed to say a word. You're supposed to be like Obama. Let everything fucking implode. Let it be like Egypt. Let it be like Syria. If you say anything, you're a fucking moron. People are being killed. People have been beat the fuck down. Women are ripping off their hijab. I'm just going to use an Iranian. I think this kind of sums it up. He's not a conservative. Sobra Amari. Obama made a catastrophic mistake in 2009 by refusing to back 3 million brave Iranian protesters. The people chanted Obama either with us or with the mullahs. He sided with them. Protesters are chanting Dent the Khomeini and Ifshana, a city with a reputation for Islamic piety. The Middle East never stays static. The Ben Rose Obama theory of Iran is collapsing before our eyes. Collapsing. Twelve demonstrators were killed by the police. Near attended. Brian Fallon. All of them got in. Here's near attended. I had to just reassure my teenage daughter not to panic about nuclear war with North Korea because she read Trump tweets. I'm so filled with rage at Donald Trump. That's all I could find. Nothing about Iran. Everybody in the world said, um, hey, maybe, uh, maybe you shouldn't let your daughter see that shit. Or Derek Hunter, tell your daughter that Kim Jong-un said he was going to target her personally if she didn't clean her room. <laughs> That's the first one. While all this is going on, the left is ignoring it and going over to North Korea. That's why I'm intertwining it. They're not covering it. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to see it. We'll play some media sound bites. They're just downplaying it. And then colorofchange.org is going over Trump's my buttons bigger than yours shit. How long will Twitter CEO Jack let Donald Trump get away with abusive and dangerous behavior that the average user would be banned for, like, threatening nuclear war? Vox editor Ezra Klein Klein got into it. He needs to be banned. Brian Fallon got into it. He needs to be banned. They don't want to cover Iran. They want to ignore it. And this is how our media has covered it. Over 48 hours. Not a very long soundbite, but there's some good ones in here. Other headlines this morning. A semi-official news agency in Iran is reporting that two people have been killed in overnight protests there. These are the first deaths being attributed to the demonstrations, which started Thursday. Thousands of people took to the streets of Tehran Saturday, protesting the country's stagnant economy, alleged corruption, and their government's involvement in conflicts in the region. President Trump on Twitter says the world is watching what happens there. Thousands of protesters have taken to streets and cities across Iran. At least two people were killed after some protests turned violent. It's the biggest display of dissent since pro-reform rallies in 2009. We've got a lot to get to today, but we want to take note of the situation in Iran, where anti-government protests continue for the third day. 
These are the largest demonstrations in the country in almost 10 years. Two protesters were killed overnight. And the purpose of that national address would be to take note of this moment and put the United States foursquare on behalf and behind those people protesting in the streets? Some have said that would be the wrong thing to do because that would give the regime an enemy to point at, us again. That was the Obama approach. If I were Trump, I'd do the exact opposite of Obama. Obama said, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to mess up the chance of getting a deal with Iran. Well, the deal with Iran hasn't worked. The money didn't go to benefit the people. It went to benefit the Ayatollah and his henchmen. The Iranian people are not our enemy. Uh, the Ayatollah is the enemy of the world. And, and when we look and we, you know, it, it was such an incredible year of trying to cover the news. Of it, Just every day it was snapping to someone else. What do you think was undercover this year? To me, I broadly categorize it as, as our, the moral authority of the United States and then specifically defined in the religious right, which has lost, I think, much of its moral authority. But our moral authority in the world has been drastically diminished. And even our ability with the protests that have gone on in the last 24 or 48 hours in Iran... Also what Admiral Mullen was trying to say, you guys are right. <laughs> We're right. <laughs> um, our ability to even engage in that conversation with how we have acted as a country and how the presidency, how the president has acted has diminished our ability to communicate on any of this. How can we talk about what's going on in Iran when we don't talk about what goes on in Russia? We don't talk about what goes on in Turkey. We don't talk about what goes on in Saudi Arabia and all the places where human rights violations and the way we act within the United States. And I think that moral authority tied directly to the president's actions, but I think enabled by a religious right that it always has felt it had a moral authority, it no longer has a moral authority in the United States. And really torn right now. Stunning protests rarely seen in Iran. Cars burning, buildings in flames. A poster of the all-powerful supreme leader Ayatollah Khamenei is trampled. Chance of death to the dictator. Now Khamenei blaming the U.S. Saying the enemy is waiting for an opportunity for a crack through which it can infiltrate. A claim strongly rejected by the administration. We all know that's complete nonsense. The demonstrations are completely spontaneous. Unlike Iran's last major protests over disputed elections in 2009, these were sparked by frustration over a weak economy, starting in the city of Mashhad, smaller but for the first time spreading nationwide. President Trump supporting the protests, tweeting, the people of Iran are finally acting against the brutal and corrupt Iranian regime. The U.S. is watching. And earlier tweeting, time for change. Is he calling for regime change? I think what the president is talking about is exactly what the Iranian people are saying, that they want change. They want the government to start taking care of them. But could the Trump tweets backfire, sparking a crackdown? What we can do is, again, give the regime uh, the excuse to come down very, very hard on them. The U.S. caught off guard by the protests, but now encouraging them. Andrea Mitchell, NBC News at the State Department. If somehow they're able to, uh, you know, get themselves free from these chains that bind them from this autocratic regime, it would be a huge game changer the, the world over. And I think, think that's true in this country also. We can get away Go from it. What's, what's important all... <laughs> Any kind of conversation about moral relativism in a country where mm. we couldn't be sitting here without our heads covered, where gay people are literally, literally murdered and stoned to death in the same streets, and comparing it somehow to what's going on in the United States of America, for me, when we have these conversations, somehow comparing the United States to Iran, that's where I I end conversations and where I just leave because We're I not think it's ridiculous. It. It's but not you just like said we need to rise up against like, Trump in the on. same way, like Ayatollah Khomeini is somehow morally relative to President Trump. I think that's. Right. I, 
it's not apples and apples. It's not equal. Mm -hmm. But we're on a very slippery slope, slope in this country toward throwing democracy out the window yeah, every the single day. We have to defend the freedom of the press and civil rights here. Mm -hmm. We do, but and, they're not being you know, stoned in the street for being gay. Not yet. Not yet. They're completely not yet. They're, not yet. They're, they're different things. I agree with you. I, I, you know, uh, I, don't, I think the Ayatollah is in a completely different uh, league. That being said, that doesn't mean that we don't stand up for our own rights, right? In it's a relative thing. It's not the same thing. But we definitely have things to stand up against in this country right now. They spent their time downplaying it, saying people probably didn't get killed. We have no moral authority. More, no moral authority. They believe the Obama approach to everything is right. Do nothing. Libya, total clusterfuck. Syria, total clusterfuck. Walking away from Iraq, totally, total fucking ISIS was born under doing nothing. And now we're not to say anything. So his tweet, the world is watching. They were intermittently saying, shut the fuck up, don't say anything. And in the middle of it, there was a Jake's Tapper, Stephen Miller blow up. The whole thing stems from something Twitchy covered earlier, the growing anti-government protests in Iran and the seemingly lack of interest shown by major media outlets, including CNN. They just don't care. Razor, hail type 1H. Twitter feed last 24 hours. Supermoon, Barack and Hillary are very admired. Exotic race cars, analysis of Trump tweets. Thatcher hated pandas. Ringo and BG knighted. People really like avocados. Nothing about Iranian protest. Stephen Miller. Still nothing from CNN International Iran protests, but there's this. And he did CNN International, the most popular gift of 2017, actually perfectly sums up 2017. A gift. So Jake Tapper tweeted back that that was also on Fox News, which misses the point that Fox was talking about Iran. CNN homepage is running the pro-government rally, and I can tell you with just about absolute certainty, Fox will have more coverage on protest. It's just the latest development and breaking news stories. I get that you work for Fox, but try to be fair here. Right, Jake? On the cover of CNN, Iranian hold pro-government rallies. Not the anti-government rallies. And they went back and forth. Back and forth. Trying to say, hey, you don't give a fuck. You're for the mullahs, because that's what Obama was. We talked about his bull on here, pallets of motherfucking cash. Valerie Jarrett's Iranian. We were for Iran because they give no fucks about freedom. They hate America. So why would you want to make somebody else like you when you suck? Chuck Schumer never tweeted. He tweeted about the Giants. U.S. Ambassador, I'm Samantha Power, starts our, okay, we're going to talk about it now. We're going to break off. Trump said he's got a bigger button than Kim and John, which is somehow ending lives on the planet. We stand with the Iranian people so much that we won't let them come here. So hers was, hey, immigration. Ben Rhodes, Iranian people are rightfully demanding dignity, less corruption, more opportunity, and greater control of their lives. And looking at U.S. Twitter, it seems lost on too many that this is about the Iranians want for Iran, and not about us. Ariel Davidson, who enabled the repressive regime, Ben, 
Jay Caruso. It's like this guy just tweets with zero, zero self-awareness. Susan Rice. How can Trump help Iran protest? Say nothing. Conservative Review. Take your own advice. Shut up. Josh Hammer. Hard to think of anyone with less authority to promote this, but the Obama echo chamber has nonetheless all coalesced. Linda Saucer. Terrorist sympathizer. Is it just me or is Trump praising Iranian protesters at the same time also banning Iranians from entering the USA? It's just you. Here I was sitting here looking forward to your tweet about standing in solidarity with the real oppressed women. Instead, you tweet this nonsense. It's just you, Linda. Now have a seat. Derek Hunter. It's just you. The idea of non-radical Islamic Iran must scare the crap out of these progressives. And it goes on and on. In my soundbite, which you couldn't hear, Iranian women are taking off their hijab. Linda Sasser, the co-creator of Women's March, wears a hijab. HuffPo writer, Hillary Clinton, gets her two cents. Iranian people, especially the young, are protesting the freedom of future they deserve. I hope the government responds peacefully and supports our hopes. Nobody cares what you think, Hillary. Go to knitting. Thank you, Hillary Clinton. Interesting note, there's a little difference between the oppressive regime they're protecting and the one that currently occupies the White House. In fact, decades ago, Iranian women even had a women's march. A cautionary tale. Josh Hammer, guy who writes for Hoppo, sees little difference between the Trump administration and the fanatical, murderous, theocratic zealots in Tehran who officially sponsor more terrorism than any other regime in the world over. Everybody jumped him. Ted Lou, I agree, agree with Donald Trump. The people have the right to express themselves in government that attack the free press, corruptly uses private jet at people's expense, and squanders the nation's wealth by increasing troops in the Middle East. The world is watching. You see where we're going here? Now they're getting their shit together. Talking point memo has been handed out. They're all going, we're no different. We're just as bad. We have no moral authority. Our country sucks. Jim Hansen sums it up. There's no bigger jackass in the political world than Ten Lu. People in Iran are risking their lives for freedom, and this loser sits, spits in their face to take cheap shots at real Donald Trump. Sean Davis backs him up. This is like saying your support, you support pallets of cash for human traffickers and also individual liberty, because that's what it's about. Michael McFall, I support the Iran nuclear deal and democratic change in Iran. David Frum, January 2017, 2017. President Trump issues visa ban upon blah, blah, blah. We're back to the visa bans. Sobra Amari, the working class guy getting his head bashed in by our security force in Avaz is thinking, you know, I'd be grateful for the statements from the White House, but the travel ban from year ago turned me off. Aaron Bodler. So Frum responds to Iran protests by bashing Trump. Trump deranged syndrome is serious. Then Newsweek takes it to the next level. Trump bars Americans on Twitter, but tells Iran to unlock theirs. No difference that it's totally... Di- they shut down the fucking internet. He blocks trolls. He blocks trolls. Somebody asked, is Newsweek trolling? Uh, yeah, they are. That's how it all went. 
They got their shit together. They got off his bigger button click. And then they defended the Obama administration's miserable Middle East foreign policy. They literally created ISIS, handed over pallets of cash, let Hezbollah do whatever the fuck they want, ignored the fact that Iran killed thousands of American soldiers with their ID assistance in Iraq, ignored the fact that Iraq is a steaming cesspool until just recently where we're pushing them back, Libya, Syria, do I, do I have to list this shit? Do you not have Google out there, liberals? It's pathetic. So there's a rand. More to follow on following podcasts. Taxes. This is Politico's take now. Tax cut on booze triggers fears of more abuse and drunken driving. Because we run out of everybody's going to die because nobody's died yet, I guess. So now they're going to die from alcohol. Another article, no coincidence, out-migration is highest in the three deep blue states complaining the most about tax laws. According to the Tax Foundation, New York, Illinois, California had three of the five highest tax rates expressed as a percentage of per capita income with residents paying 12.7, 11.11, respectively. By July 1st, New York has lost 190,508 people. The state's net domestic migration loss in the latest 12-month period is roughly equal to the total of 2015 and 16, which was $1,022,071. People are leaving. Nancy Pelosi literally said, this is Armageddon. Dana Loesch sums up our tax. But I was told tax reform would make thousands die. When will the slaughter end? Look at all the evil capitalism. Bunch of heartless monsters. There's other articles in here. In the hypocrisy section. How people are going to pay. Southwest is going to give people money back. They're still going with. You're all going to die. It's going to be alcohol. Something. Something's going to make you die. You're just going to fucking die. And while all this is going on. There's a third tract in the ex-administration. We talked about it briefly last podcast. Here's Don Lemon. Oh, they really don't want to talk about emails. Yeah, Sorry. i got to get Ben in. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, look, and I want to say this because I think that this is, you know, what, what Bakari just said there, I think sums up the election a year ago perfectly. There are a lot of people that feel like that there was special treatment that was given to people that worked for Barack Obama on things that they did that they would have been indicted for if they were Republicans. For example, when you clearly have top-secret information on a laptop that you you have on a server in the basement of your house, and then you send those top-secret classified documents to people that aren't even cleared to see them, and then you forward them to your husband, who, by the way, is in jail by the name of Anthony Weiner. If that was ben, a Republican, what does that have to do with what we're talking about? They would have been indicted. Uh, let me ben, finish. What are you talking about? The FBI already, already investigated that. Time. There have been a million hearings on it. Time. It's water under the bridge. No, 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 no,
tweets, because, you know, th- this sums up 2017 and 18 altogether. They go after his Twitter account because they don't want to report real news. They don't want to talk about Iran, about how real feminists aren't wearing their jobs and they're trying to fight for their fucking freedom, but those Muslims they fucking love so goddamn much that throw gay people off rooftops and force women not to drive and all this other shit. They go after tweets. Tweets are more important. Bigger tweet, bigger button. Crystal Hayes is an actual reporter, and she released this. New at least one classified email from Clinton aide Uma Abedin was found on Anthony Weiner's computer. Stay tuned. I'm still going through a huge back of Doc's State Department. At least one classified, uh, I'm sorry, more. Here are two classified emails found on Weiner's computer from Clinton aide Uma Abedin. Uh, I couldn't actually look at them. Here's a third email. Here's a fourth email. This message detailed planned calls between Clinton and Saudi Foreign Minister Saad Al-Faisal. Where she was going to warn him about WikiLeaks release of sensitive documents, which are now known as Cablegate. Here's the fifth email, classifying information. I finished going through the batch of 28, five messages that classified, one ad confidential. This is USA Today. Didn't lead. It's in there. AP coverage. State Department releases email aid. <clears throat> the State Department has released emails from Uma Abedin, a top aide to Hillary Clinton that was founded by the FBI on her husband's laptop. Some of the emails found on former Representative Anthony Weiner's laptop were marked classified. It was unclear whether they were deemed classified at the time they were sent or when the State Department was prepping them for release. Do we remember that excuse? The emails released in response to Freedom of Information Act lawsuit filed by the conservative watchdog group Judicial Watch. Gonna stop for a second. This isn't the government. This isn't CNN. NBC, ABC, CBS, AP, Reuters. No, they don't give a fuck. It took a watchdog group to even find this. Now remember, week before the election, they released this. Somehow in five days, the FBI goes through it. They found nothing, they say. Some reporter from the USA Today in just one batch found five emails. What's that about? I thought there was nothing there. Article continues. State Department said it carefully reviewed the content of the records requested through a FOIA to determine whether any information is sensitive classified, and some of the documents released Friday of classified information has been redacted. The FBI found thousands of emails changed between Clinton and Uma Abedin while searching Wiener's laptop, blah, 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 blah. Then two days before the election, the FBI declared there was nothing new. Clinton has called Comey's intervention the determining factor in defeat. FBI has concluded that neither Wiener nor Abedina committed a crime. So, to the article. What has been at least a thousand times, whether the emails were or weren't deemed classified at the time they were sent, is per the related status irrelevant whether a crime has been committed in 18.1SUS70. That's because Matthew Andrew McCarthy, a National Review, explained over two years ago the emails were born classified based on their content. It was a spin. 
All right. A spin. <clears throat> As to Judicial Watch FOIA request, the AP failed to disclose the JW original Freedom of Information Act lawsuit that resulted in Friday coming document dump was filed, wait for it, May 2015. May 2015. The State Department ignored it through the election. The Trump administration State Department actually cleaned up the garbage. They also misreported there was nothing there. That's not what Comey's letter said. We have not changed our conclusion. Not that there was nothing there. As to whether Abedin and Wiener committed crimes, the same logic applies to them as applies to Ms. Clinton. Based on the statuses involved, they committed crimes. That the Department of Justice and the FBI failed to prosecute them doesn't change the obvious facts. As to the blue line added to the AP report that Comey was the determining factor of Hillary Clinton defeat, boo fricking who, this article says. <laughs> so now that they're tearing it down... Congressional investigators find irregularities in FBI Clinton email case. On the way they handled it, simultaneously, WikiLeaks drops that the New York Times knew about Cablegate, because that's what the Hillary Clinton organization called it. So the media doing what they always do for Democrats, go, what what do you want to call it? Well, I think Cablegate is less bad than I have a shitter server. They told her nine days before they did the article that we were going to do the article. There's an actual email that shows it. So the New York Times colluded with the campaign, gave them nine days to prep their defense before they printed it. But we have no bias. So right now, in just that little short segment, before we go to Tweets of the Day, don't want to bore you because we're rehashing old shit, I understand. We have the FBI cluster-fucking the shit out of it, saying there's nothing there, but a reporter from the USA Today found five in just one batch. Let her off the hook again. Mishandled information. And the New York Times colluded with them all along, knowing it, didn't report it. <clears throat> I want you to think, knowing how we handled the IRS, how we handled everything else, do you think a conservative, Mitt Romney, getting caught with emails? Do you think the FBI would have mishandled it? Oh, hells to the fuck No. Do you think the New York Times would have colluded with them? Oh, no. No. That, that, that wouldn't have happened. And that's why I'm covering it. It's not red and blue. It's not black and white. It's media bias.
our tweets of the day. The first one comes off a article that I found. Uh, Town Hall, Kurt Schilsters wrote a column, Trump ends 2017 residing in his enemies' heads. A line from it that I thought was perfect in regards to Twitter. All right, just Twitter. Trump owns his foes. They are mere satellite orbiting around him, and his gravity is all that keeps him from spinning off into space. They have willingly submitted to the reality of Trump-o-centric political universe. It's hilarious. How does he prove it? A Melissa Milano. Just made the mistake of reading of all, all of real Donald Trump's tweets from the last few days. I am now curled up in a fetal position with the Cinderella tiara on my head. Also, my feet are cold. So, very cold. Derangement syndrome is real. This is how these people act all the time. But, our tweet of the day comes off this thread, which is Babs, Barbara Streisand. I saved it because um, (laughs) it's just fantastic. It's a double. Andrew Wilco and Dan Bongingo or Bongingo or whatever the fuck. They win it. Her tweet, collusion or no collusion, real Donald Trump should be impeached for sheer stupidity. Tim Young, this is a pretty solid sign that Democrats are giving up on the Trump-Russian campaign collusion. I can think of a lot of Oscars, Emmys, Tonys, and Grammys that should be recalled to do sheer stupidity. Andrew Wilco, because that's how the Constitution works. Good for you, Bab. And Dan Bongino, that's what it is, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. Singing or no singing. Barbara Streisand should be mocked for failing Constitutional Basics 101. Hey, Tweet of the Day! Our first hate tweet comes from Carson Wentz. I fucking hate the Eagles. But this is the type of bullshit anybody who doesn't live in the bubbles puts up with constantly. Happy fifth birthday to Mama Henley. We've been through a lot in five years. Best dog and hunting buddy I could ask for. Carson, congratulations on birthday of Mama Henley. As a friend, I wanted a quick highlight that a man in your influence position might cause offense through the posting of your first picture. I support its sentiments, however. The context and content of the picture could offend. Appreciate that, Carson says. But offensive and controversial? Two of the main things I tweet about are Jesus and hunting. That's what I'm passionate about, and that won't ever change. When you love something, you talk about it. Stay convicted about it, and don't worry about what others think. Everybody, cowboy fans, it didn't matter who it was, the world went back and said, hey, Good on you. Good on you. That's the problem with progressives. I don't have to believe your norms. I don't have to like your fucking football teams. I don't have to believe everything you believe. And I don't care what you believe. The difference between you and the rest of America is you impose your will on people We just want to live our lives and be left the fuck alone. Stephen Cohn would get the asshole of the day, but I'm going to keep short on the cutesy sound bites. Here we go again with dogging children. He golfs when he could be reading or be in church 
or be with his family. Never see him with Baron. You'd think he'd be golfing with Dad occasionally, but narcissists only engage in activities where they are sh- are the show. No movies, sports viewing, either just Fox. He will start a war. You went after a child in a tweet. What on earth is wrong with you? You're disgraceful and disgusting. I agree that Royal Donald Trump is reprehensible, but going to church has nothing to do with it. You can be unreligious, you can even be an atheist, and still be a good person also. Please leave Barron out of it. Being a kid is hard enough. This person backed it up. I'm a lifelong Democrat also. You're doing a disservice to your constituents and party when you attack Trump's religious observance and parenting. Stick to the issues. And the rampant corruption and destruction of democratic norms by Trump and his enablers. Resistance. Resist. El hashtagos. That's a representative. When did you ever see Obama go to the church when he wasn't going to grand, grandstand and race and, and divide the country in races and sing Amazing Grace? I don't remember other than that. It was funerals. There's no pictures of him going to church. He went to Reverend Wright's church just to get in with the community and hate America and white people during that phase of his life. Bill de Blasio joins the hate tweets. Eric Goner's death is a horrible tragedy. I'm praying for her family who have already been through so much. This city will miss her unshakable sense of justice and passion for humanity. Oh, he was killed. The left went crazy. Not the left, but the BLM, excuse me, went crazy. Even in the current political climate, this is a stunningly empty and self-serving gesture. Apparently a tweet is supposed to suffice in lieu of justice. Sean King, you fought her. You don't care about black lives. He's a lefty. Fuck you, the nerd took to tweet this bullshit. Bernie Sanders did five of them. Then the official Erica Gardner account replied like this. Only covering it. I'm like, give a fuck, it's blue on blue crime. But this sums up that whole movement. Out of respect for Erica, please do not request comments of the journalist is not black. That's real. That's a reels fucking tweet. It's for the reels. December 30th, 2017, 9.43 p.m. The world asked, is this not Racist? Erica wants to be remembered as a racist? Maybe whoever you are, you should speak for her out of respect. Alexander the Great. And this account wasn't verified. I refuse to believe that this was anything but trolling to stir the pot. But it's not. I mean, it's just me or is this not racist? Because it sure looks like racist. Racism. Which is super counterproductive. But I'm sorry, Erica Gardner was racist. Stephen A. Smith is racist. They hate white people. They see the world in black and white. Are they KKK racist where they go out and kill people? No, but they're the same thing. Al Sharpton's a fucking racist. Eric Holder, a fucking racist. I don't care what you say. That's their life. George Ramos. He gets the hate tweets. 2017 was an impossible year. It was not supposed to happen, yet we survived it. 2018 is the year of the resistance. 
El 2017 Fuel El Ano Impossible de New York. Yeah, he, he did it in two different areas. And they're actually using that. That, that That's Telemundo's logo this year. Yeah. So, this is what happened to David Clark. Said I was going to cover it. Breaking news. When lying lib media make up fake news to smear me, the antidote is to go right at them. Punch them in the nose and make them taste their own blood. Nothing gets a bully like lying lib media attention better than giving them a taste of their own blood. None of that was actually going to go punch people. But right out of the gate, Patrick S. Tomlinson. Report this tweet for threatening physical violence against members of the media like myself. Also, Sheriff Clark, anytime you want to take a swing at me, you're welcome to. But it will require you to come back to Milwaukee and be already ran out of this town once. Members of the media like himself, who is he again? Stop flattering yourself. No one knows who you are. Basically, your indignation at Clark tweet is nothing but you flailing at the wind. So who is this guy? Oh, he's like Mike Tanier. He goes on for like a hundred different things. Patrick Clark. Uh, not born, hatched from an unexploded 155 howitzer shell, single-handedly defeated the Viet Cong with his dick, in his first legal case subpoenaed God, who later cut a plea deal. That's who he is. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's where we're at. Let's get into hypocrisy. Um... I'm not going to cover any more of this shit. I mean, Brian Seltzer, we heard it. They're going crazy all over there. They're losing their fucking mind over the stupid button. So I had like 8,000 takes. He was attacking Tucker Carlson for not covering it. And Fox is biased and blah, blah, blah. We're getting right into Chris Saliza. This piece by Carlos Loza D. at WAPO is so, so important. This is from the article. Disillusioned staffers try to make their peace with flawed presidents. Clinton's aide, Paul Magano, sank in the Deep Depression during Mon Whiskey. Baker writes and vowed never again to appear on television defending the president. White House Chief of Staff Ersinki Bowles sought to keep his distance from the nitty-gritty of the whole affair. When former United Nations... Ambassador Bill Richardson wanted to describe how he'd offered Lewinsky a job. Bowles interrupted, I don't want to know a fucking thing about it. And during Watergate, Hag and Nixon lawyer uh, James St. Clair refused to read transcript or listen to certain portions of the president's tape till late in the game. They don't want to know. For Trump staffers and enablers, the dilemma is different. There are few illusions about their leader left to be shattered. Their true challenge is less than surviving Trump eruptions than simply living with the choice they made, convicting themselves of service to the nation, passing a tax cut, forestalling a war, reducing immigration, is worth it. The world got on him. I don't see Obama scandals mentioned. Can Carlos update his article? No mention of the precious trademark Obama, though? So, so pathetic. When a liberal CNS commentator says it's important, to, it's more likely BS propaganda. And it is. That was a propaganda piece. It only talked about Lewinsky. The rest of the article, which I read in total, talked about conservatives. So only conservatives have scandals. Because we rewrite history. That's what we do. We rewrite history. 
and our country. Then Obama had the hypocrisy to come in and challenge Trump on Obamacare and Paris climate. Had a conversation with somebody today. Do you not notice it's a new thing? Johnson didn't say shit. It's Clinton, Carter, Obama. You didn't hear shit from Reagan. You didn't see H running his mouth. You didn't see W running his mouth. Trump will probably break the streak because he's a jackass about running his mouth. But what is it about Democrats that they just think they have to keep talking? You're not the fucking president. Shut the fuck up and go golf. Oh, anyway. Brit Hume, note the renewed commitment to all shades of opinion. This from the new leader of paper with not a single columnist who supports the president. Will this publisher change that? This is an article I got to read. And this just sums up the hypocrisy of our media. He goes about his grandfather and yada, yada, yada. The moment was not unlike our own. Technological, economic, and social turmoil upending the traditions of the country. People trying to understand these changes. I'm sorry, I didn't even preface this. This is the New York Times, the new publisher of the New York Times. Okay, sorry about that. People trying to understand these changes and their implications found themselves focused or confused by polarized politics and by partisan press more focused on advancing its own interests than on informing the public. He actually typed that. The New York Times publisher typed that. Against this backdrop, Adolf Oak saw the need for a different kind of newspaper, and he goes through the whole thing. The mission feels particularly urgent to me today as I begin my work as a publisher of the New York Times. Our society is again being reshaped by political, technological, and environmental forces that demand deep scrutiny and careful explanation. This is a period of exciting innovation and growth at the Times. Our reporters report is stronger than ever, thanks to investments in new forms of journalism and blah, 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 blah. Like our predecessor of the Times, my colleagues and I will not give in to these forces. The Times will continue to search for the most important stories of our era with curiosity, courage, and empathy, because we believe that it's improving the world starts with an understanding it. The Times will continue to resist polarization and groupthink, by giving voices to the breadth of ideas and experiences because we believe journalism should help people think for themselves. And it goes on and on and on. And I already said it. WikiLeaks. Email show New York Times handed over Cablegate publication scheduled to the U.S. government without telling WikiLeaks, giving the State Department then headed for Hillary by Hillary Clinton up to nine days in advance to spin the revelation or create diversions. Shane Scott, New York Times. PJ just went through preparing our Gitmo and Korea cables for posting. We're posting no Gitmo cables that mention redacted. So North Korea and Gitmo are the stories running Tuesday. Wednesday is Pakistan and Blackwater. Thursday is Russia and Canada. Friday is Afghan corruption of Karzai. Two separate stories. Saturday is Yemen. Sunday is China. Monday is terrorist financing and possibly something on Iraq, which you have no cables yet. Tuesday is arms trade weapons and possibly something on NATO, which you have no cables yet. No polarization. None. Zero. 
They believe that. They believe that the left is the smartest people. Their policies are what America wants. Because as we did last year, they don't live outside that bubble. They don't talk to you and I. They don't want to go to the flyover t- states. Chuck Toad made a wax poetic about, hey, you know, we need, maybe we need to get out there and talk to those people. He never left the meet the press fucking booth. He wants to sit there and pontificate, brainwash the masses, and push them towards one political party, the Democrats. He was a DNC staffer. His wife throws birthdays for Jennifer Palmieri. It sums it up. Then there's this wizard from CNN, Barbara Starr. Could someone explain why a civilian head of the Navy is wearing a sidearm? Richard Spencer was visiting the Marines and he had a pistol in Afghanistan. The whole world told her, well, he's in a war zone. I said the following. This is how disconnected our lib media elites are from the wars we've been fighting. For eight years under your dear leader Obama, you ignored while more died than Bush. I bet you don't know a single vet, do you? I bet your hate of Trump made you do this stupid tweet. That's CNN in a nutshell. Anything we can find to disparage this administration, we're going to do. So a man defending himself in the hinterland of Afghanistan with just a pistol, is something bad. Really. Are you serious? Wow. LA Times critic, theaters will save us from Trump crisis, our democracy in meltdown. They're saying the theater will save us all. Other hypocrisy. On NPR, even a liberal admits media overlooked the crushing ice, the crushing of ISIS in 2017. All things considered, offer two younger pundits in the weekend review segment. On the left, Fox editor and co-founder Matt Iglesi, and on the right, Rachel Laramar of the Weekly Standard. Both were critical of Trump and professed some shock and fatigue on how Trump dominates news. But when anchor Ari Shapiro asked about the overlooked stories of 2017, Iglesi said, "Hey, he crushed ISIS." Did the New York Times report that? No, that's a big negatron, Batman. Newsweek, bizarre Ivanka story suggests Confederate flag and photo background is dog whistle. She had a picture taken with her and her husband while they were fishing. Some other jackasses in the background with their boat and there is a rebel flag on it. They purposely took that picture because they're racist. That's Newsweek. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. We're gonna we're gonna keep up with that shit. Media mash. Oh, it's my favorite part of the year. I love or part of the podcast, the media mash. Watergate reporters on press coverage of Russia, Russia, Russia. ABC this week about the First Amendment being infringed because Trump doesn't take their shit. Enjoy. One thing we know is on the president's 2018 wish list, a swift end to special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into potential collusion between anyone on Team Trump and Russia. In an interview at his Mar-a-Lago resort, the president told the New York Times that the Russia investigation is making the country look very bad, but said he does think Mueller is going to be fair. 
What impact does the continuing investigation have on the Trump presidency? Here for my pinch me moment of 2017, the veteran duo who led the reporting on the Watergate investigation, Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining you. me. I appreciate it. Uh, Bob, let me start with you on the president's increasing attacks on the FBI. Uh, he's called the FBI tainted. He said its reputation is in tatters. Uh, he said that he has the absolute right to do whatever he wants to at the Justice Department. I know you've been working on a book on President Trump. What do you what strikes you when you hear all of that? I, I, I think that's a mistake. Uh, clearly, uh, now Trump is at least for the moment saying uh, he expects to be treated fairly by Mueller, and of course the FBI on this case works for Mueller. Uh, if you go back to the Nixon case, it was a giant mistake for Nixon to have such animus toward the first Watergate special prosecutor and then fire him, mm -hmm. Archibald Cox. And that got the whole impeachment case uh, going. So, uh, you know, Mueller's going to do this job. Uh, I, I think some of the Trump lawyers are fantasizing when they think it's going to be over quickly. Uh, there's no reason that the uh, Mueller uh, operation is going to close up. They're going to want to be thorough. Of course, as uh, we all know, these investigations can be dangerous. Uh, they clearly want to get it closed down as fast as possible. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. Carl, Bob mentioned the famous, infamous Saturday Night Massacre uh, when Archibald Cox, the special counsel, was fired in 1973. Uh, do you trust that the administration uh, is not going to do this? They assure no. <laughs> that the president won't go that far, that, that he won't fire Bob Mueller. Do you believe it? Uh, there's no reason to believe almost anything Donald Trump says, because what we know is that the president of the United States and his presidency is characterized above all else by the lying of the president of the United States. That doesn't mean that lying by the president is a crime. Uh, it does mean that uh, we see him covering up events, but not necessarily criminally covering up events. And and where this is going definitively, we don't know. But there are many times he has expressed, I'm told by people in the White House, the desire to fire Mueller, the desire to pardon people under investigation, including his family. And one of the things that's going on now is that his lawyers are telling him what he wants to hear. Yes. And that's what I'm told by lawyers uh, in the White House. They're telling him what he wants to hear to keep him from keep acting him precipitously. Uh, and to go off and fire Mueller in a rage or fire Rod Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general, in a rage, they have an out-of-control client. The president of the United States, in their view, is out of control a good deal of the time, especially when it comes to this and, investigation. And, Bob, uh, Carl mentioned um, covering up. I want you to listen to what Dianne Feinstein, who is the top Democrat on the Judiciary Committee in the Senate, said about this investigation earlier this month. I think what we're beginning to see is the putting together of a case of obstruction of justice. I think we see this in the indictments, mm -hmm. the four indictments and pleas uh, that have just taken place in some of the comments that are being made. Bob, one of the main lessons from Watergate, I don't need to tell you, is it's the cover-up more than the crime, generally. Is that what the president should be worried about? Uh, you have to look at the crimes. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure 
uh, Senator Feinstein is quite right. I, I think that uh, it's possible this will lead to an obstruction of justice case, but I, we have not seen the evidence. And uh, you talk to very experienced criminal lawyers and prosecutors in Washington, uh, they will say what's public now is questionable, needs to be investigated, but it's, it's not a, a slam dunk case or even the sort of a case that you would bring against a sitting president to maybe to initiate some sort of impeachment investigation. Well, well, on that point, Carl, the investigation has been going on for over a year, at least in uh, in, in the Justice Department, the FBI. Uh, we still don't know about any evidence that the president knowingly colluded with Russia. Does that give the president's claim that this is a witch hunt some credence? He believes it's a witch hunt. There's no question he believes it's a witch hunt. Uh, and also, I, I think Diane Feinstein, the senator, is ahead of her skis on this uh, and is not quite well-placed in her assessment of where this investigation is. Lying by the president of the United States, though this president does it almost reflexively, is not necessarily a crime. Lying to the press, which he does day in, day out, uh, is bad for the country. It's uh, indicative of the way he governs. We've never seen anything quite like a president who lies so routinely as this one. But it's not necessarily a crime. Carl, briefly, I just I want to also get your perspective on um, the fact that like that one of the hallmarks of the Trump presidency uh, has been to go after the press, uh, calling us fake news and, and even worse. How does this compare to what you dealt with uh, with Richard Nixon? He was no fan or friend of the press. Nixon and Watergate tried to make the conduct of the press the issue instead of the conduct of the president and the men around him. Donald Trump has gone even farther. He's tried uh, to undermine the credibility of the press as a national institution uh, to the detriment of, of the country by these broad uh, attacks on, on the press, which really uh, the press is in the United States, as our leaders have recognized going back to uh, the days of the early republic, the last bastion uh, of truth mm -hmm. that makes democracy function. Yes, we make mistakes uh, and we need to admit our mistakes. We oughtn't to be too provocative, which we sometimes are with a president who's putting a lot of bait out there. Uh, and sometimes we take the bait and mm -hmm. get a little petty. Uh, I'd like to see a lot less of criticizing uh, on our air the president for playing golf. Let him play all the golf that he wants. I don't think that's our job. We've got a deadly, serious inquiry in front of and the reporting, by and large, by the mainstream press, by the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, the Wall Street Journal, has been some of the greatest reporting of the presidency Amen. that we have seen uh, in the last 50, 60 years. Amen, Carl. Uh, That's so right. I, but but I, if, just real quickly, uh, the tone is a big yes, issue here. I and, agree. And, and lots of... Uh, Reporting, particularly on television commentary, there's a kind of self-righteousness mm -hmm. and, and smugness and, and people kind of uh, ridiculing the president. Uh, when we reported on Nixon, uh, it was obviously a, a very different era. But uh, there was, we did not uh, adopt a tone of ridicule. I, the tone was, what are the facts? I have to, before we go, I have yes. to ask about something that, that you informed me about, a, a 
Woodward and Bernstein bond that continues. Tell me about the Internet Sabbath. Yes. What, 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 Carl and We're I taking a break right now from it for a few minutes here. <laughs> but but what, what we've done, we, Carl and I, uh, you know, are really friends and meet and talk and have dinner and get together with our wives. And we talked about the tyranny of the Internet. I'm writing a book on Trump. Carl is writing a book on his time at the Washington Star before he came to the Post. And we talked about this tyranny. So uh, Carl will call me, say, 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning saying, we're going dark on the Internet for four <laughs> hours, total Sabbath. We have to work on our books. And we do this. Right. And the extraction from uh -huh. the madness of the Internet and Emails makes you, uh, in, in, I think, in uh, both of our cases, much more productive. And, and Susan, I want to, I, I want to expand to the First Amendment. I, I, I sort of don't like to talk about the media, and and it's all about us. But but there was an attack on the media on the First Amendment that we have not seen before, really, in this country, and and the profound effect that can have. This is a president, as you know well who likes attention from the media. On the other hand, he calls us fake news. What, what do you think the lasting effect of this is? Well, I'm very concerned as a citizen that a lot of Americans no longer trust the mainstream news media to be telling them the truth because we can disagree on what policies uh, make sense, but we need to agree on what we think is actually happening. And I also think something to watch in 2018 are Justice Department investigations into leaks and whether that goes further than just rhetoric in terms of having a chilling effect on journalism's ability to hold to accountable people in power. And, and Mary, you've spent a good deal of time, one second, Mary, you've spent a good deal of time like I have, traveling around the world, being based around the world, the rest of the world viewing fake news. I think the global effect of the President of the United States talking about fake news of, of when stories that he doesn't like is dangerous. There are 262 journalists in jail around the world now by despots and authoritarian figures. The crime, for some, fake news. So when in Egypt and China and in Myanmar and in other countries, leaders don't like stories about corruption, about extrajudicial killings, what do they do? They jail them. We used to be the moral authority, the First Amendment, that democracy rests on a free press. And it is just, he's just made it easy now to damp down one of the pillars of democracy. The problem for me for that whole soundbite is Watergate would never happen if Nixon was a Democrat. He would never have been impeached. It just wouldn't have happened. Now, granted, I know he resigned, but he was going to be impeached. It never would have happened. So for them to criticize anybody, they're doing exactly what you did. You went after him because he's a Republican. They're going after Trump with Russia, 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 even though there's nothing there. Damn near two fucking years. We haven't accomplished shit on Russia, Russia, Russia. They found nothing. They're not going after financial shit. And the First Amendment infringement is not Trump talking shit to you. It's your blind bias. But, to back up, just not me, London Review of Books mocks MSM embrace of Trump-Russia collusion. Literally an article, they go, if you question the received narrative in casual conversation, you run the risk of provoking blank stares, overt hostility, even from old friends. 
The religion of the Russian hack depends not on evidence, but on ex cathedra pronouncements on the part of authoritative institutions and their overlords. Its scriptural foundation is a confused and largely fact-free assessment produced last January by a small number of hand-picked and analysts. Clapper is the most, most vigorous of these. He perjured himself before Congress in 2013 when he denied that the NSA had wittingly spied on Americans, a lie for which he has never been held accountable. In May 2017, he told Chuck Todd that the Russians were highly likely to have colluded with the Trump campaign because they are always genetically driven to co-op, penetrate, gain favor, whatever, which is a typical Russian technique. The current orthodoxy exempts the church fathers from standards imposed on ordinary people and condemns Russians, above all Putin, as un- uniquely, almost genetically diabolical. The clapper clapped his head when he lied to Congress, an easy tell for any poker player, yet the MSM somehow continued to hold him in high regard. He also floated the 17 intel ship. The NSA capacity to follow hacking to its source is a matter of public record. When the agency investigated pervasive and successful Chinese hacking in the U.S. military and defense industry installations, it was able to trace the hacks to the building where they originated, and a People's Liberation Army facility in Shanghai. That information was published in the New York Times, but this time, the NSA failure to provide evidence has gone curiously unremarked. It remains possible that Robert Mueller, a former FBI director who has been appointed to investigate these allegations, may turn up some compelling evidence of contacts. It would be surprising if an experienced prosecutor empowered to cast a dragnet comes up empty-handed and the arrests have already begun. But what is striking about them is that the charges have nothing to do with Russia interference. This is British. Britain. Who hate Trump. So far, after months of bombshells that turn out to be duds, there is still no actual evidence for the claim that the Kremlin ordered interference in American election. Nothing. Which is why the MSM is in the process of shifting emphasis to suppose obstruction of justice for a crime with no actual evidence had even happened. So they obstruct nothing. It's all bullshit. To our stats of the day, this was an interesting one. I don't know why I'm covering it, but it was interesting. Uh, active shooter that you didn't hear about a lot in Littleton. Multiple deputies down. They ignored it. Wanted to make it a stat because it's obvious. You know, when cops get killed, we don't hear about it. When a citizen gets shot and they happen to be African American, racists come out and white Latinos are classified, which doesn't exist. This is the one, I don't know why I'm covering it, not the cop shooting. The world's biggest YouTube stars are seeing a massive slowdown. YouTube personalities like Pie and Zola are seeing a massive slowdown in subscribers' growth and views, according to social stats analyzed by Business Insider. YouTube stars have seen years of growth as vlogging exploded, but it looks as though the golden days are over and most business-savvy creators will need to diversify. Popular creators like H3H3 Productions have blamed the YouTube algorithm for apparently slowdown the subscriber viewers. There's no official explanation, but YouTube has had to tweak its algorithms a lot in 2017 to tackle inappropriate content. That's how they write it up. I, on the other hand, say maybe Americans aren't freaking stupid anymore and maybe 2018 could be the beginning of less we 
Reality TV. So, we're going to go into music break, and we're going to come into Planned Parenthood, my friends. Oh, yeah. Their numbers are out. It's going to be a short segment, but I, I got to hit it because we're still killing babies at an alarming rate, and we're making a shit ton of money. So, I'm trying to figure out why we need to give half a billion to Planned Parenthood. Back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reed. Okay, no intro on this because this is serious shit. They just released their sixth release, their sixteen seventeen. Right out the gate, they talk about their state legislative attacks and win attacks. The onslaught of state level attacks on reproductive health care since twenty ten has shown no sign of letting up. 
more than 30 bills defeated by Planned Parenthood, more than 100 bills defeated by Planned Parenthood partners and allies. More than 400 proactive measures across at least 30 states were introduced in 2017 sessions, including measures mandating 12-month supply of birth control, requiring insurance benefits for birth control, expanding insurance coverage of abortion services, repealing unconstitutional abortion restrictions, and promoting LGBTQ cosine of four inclusive sex education. Colorado, Maine, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington enacted legislation to require insurers to cover a 12-month supply of birth control. Uh, Delaware passed a law to repeal unconstitutional statutes on the books and codify Roe in state law. Maine, Nevada, and Colorado enacted legislation to protect birth control coverage. The Oregon House, a representative, introduced a groundbreaking reproductory health equity bill enshrining the right to abortion while ensuring contraception and abortion coverage for all Oregonians. They talk about wins in Florida, Mississippi, Montana, Minnesota, Virginia, Nebraska, Pennsylvania, and then they start breaking it down. Here's the big lie. Breakdown of affiliate medical services. 47% for STI testing and treatment. 28% contraception. 14% other women's health service. 7 cancer screening and prevention. 3% abortion. That's the big lie. Because when you go into their funds, they make all their money off abortion. But what they're doing is they're taking all these procedures and they're dividing it by just one number, which I'll talk about in a second. The number of abortions. They're not counting emergency contraception. They're not counting that stuff. They're taking it and presenting it by cancer screening and prevention. 660,777. That's how they're coming up with that number. Yet all their revenue comes from killing babies. They even talked about 17 states now have Planned Parenthood health clinics to do hormone therapy because they need intersectionality. Even though those people won't have an abortion, which doesn't make them their number one A person with Hertz, Renicar, go as you go, just go pick your car, fucking abortions. They need the money. So they're going after hormone. And that is in all the West Coast, Texas, Florida, and most of the Upper East Coast. Then we get into the money shots. This year, $1,051,713 abortions. How do I come up with that number? Well, they're saying they handed out less this year by about 46,000. 730,329 Emergency contraceptive kits, which is the morning after pill. That's abortion. If you're pro-life, that's abortion. If you're an American, that's abortion. It doesn't have to be the razor blade vacuum that sucks the baby parts after you've taken out the choice good shit like the fenders and the grill so you can hand it in on somebody else's car. No, no, no. That's abortion. And this year, 321,384 abortions. That's what they did. 1,051,713. B. 
babies murdered by Planned Parenthood. In their own numbers. Two million seven hundred one thousand eight hundred sixty six of that six hundred seventeen thousand six hundred seventy seven birth control helps. That's what they say. What about the other million? Do we not help them out? I mean, I thought we had free birth control now. I thought birth control was free. Or do you not give them free because you can't upgrade them and give that long-term package of abortion? Because you're making your money off abortion. How much, Tony? Did somebody just ask me? Yeah, you in the back. You did ask. Okay, cool. $1.46 billion. It averages out to $4,000 in abortion. That's how much money these motherfuckers made. They killed 1,051,713 babies and made 1.46 billion. Kimberly Ross is the one that turned me on to this. Came up in my feed. I went, holy shit, I didn't even know the numbers were out. I was thinking we're going to do the same thing last year. We're just going to put it out sometime in the middle of nowhere because I know the media is not going to cover it. Her tweet, latest annual report, 2016 to 17 for Planned Parent PAC, just came out. According to them, the revenue was 1.46 billion and they end their lives of 321,384 individual unborn babies because she's using just abortion to keep it apples and apples. Don't call it reproductive health care. Don't tell me they're hurting for cash. Has take the fund. This article, revenue of 1.46 billion billion? And they continue to insist they need money from the government, not to mention they have openly admitted 80% of the revenue comes from abortion. So if you do the math, that's a lot of dollars for murdering unborn babies. Don't tell me that they need federal funding, especially since they make massive political donations. As a taxpayer, I'm offended by federally funded organizations supporting candidates they don't support with my tax money. Just on the cover... Just on the cover that I can track, 10% of what we handed them went back to Democrats. 10%, 50 million. That's what we can see. Why do they need our money? If you took the 551 million away from them, they're still making 900 million dollars. 900 million dollars. 900 million. If they're being honest and they use no money to pay for those morning after pills, which is an abortion, and the Hyde Amendment says you're not supposed to take federal funds for abortion, and they're just taking our money and putting it towards Sexually transmitted disease. You still make nine hundred million dollars 
You don't need no money. You can fund everything else with your own money. I want you just to take and grasp the concept. One million fifty one thousand seven hundred thirteen babies. Dead. Gone. You paid for it. You're paying for it. Folks, American people are for abortion. American people are not for federally funded abortion. And American people are not for abortions after 22 weeks. That's why you don't hear it on the media. The numbers are horrible. They're doing it. We're paying for it. That whole walled off suck a fatty. You're not walling anything off. You're paying for those contraception kits. You're paying for the morning after pill. You did. So pro-life groups aim to stop taxpayer-funded abortion in the new year. Pro-life group moved for emergency injunction on Thursday regarding Illinois law that requires taxpayer to fund abortions. But the state judge denied the request. Thomas Moore Society filed for emergency injunction on a recent lawsuit, Springfield Right to Life et al. versus Felicia Norwood, wherein the plaintiffs are seeking to restraining order an injunction against Bill House Bill 40, which requires Illinois residents to pay for abortions regardless of their pro-life. Associate Judge Jennifer M. Asher heard the Thursday case in Illinois 7th Judicial Circus Court and ruled not to allow for emergency injunction. It would stop a New Year's Day implementation of law under which Illinois taxpayers would be forced to pay 20000 to 30000 or more abortions per year, even part from the sincere moral objection that many folks have to paying for abortion. There is no money in Illinois state budget to pay for them. House Bill 40 mandate, mandates Illinois residents pay for abortions for those on Medicaid and state employee health insurance. There is no limit on the number of abortions that Medicaid will cover on the number of dollars that can be spent on abortions under the bill. Department of Health Care and Family Services estimated annual taxpayer cost of abortions under the House bill is roughly $1.8 million. They're doing it. They're doing it. Exclusive. Federal agents found fetuses in body brokers' warehouse. Federal agents discovered four preserved fetuses in Detroit warehouse, a man who sold human body parts, confidential photographs reviewed by Reuters show. The fetuses were found during a December 2013 raid of businessman Arthur Rathburn's warehouse. The fetuses, which appeared to have been in the second trimester, were submerged in liquid that included human brain tissue. Rathburn, a former body broker, is accused of defrauding customers by sending them diseased body parts. He has pleaded not guilty in his trial. How Rathburn acquired the fetuses and what he intended to do with them is unclear. Rathburn's lawyer did not respond to requests for comment, and neither the indictment nor other documents made public in the case mention the fetus. What can they do? We just ended an administration that believes that is the best thing ever. Kill fucking babies. The best thing ever. And while all this is going on, sociologist calls for more abortion-based comedy. The argument was made by Gretchen Sisson, PhD, a sociologist at USCSF Research Group, Advanced New Standards of Reproductive Health, where she focused on representation of abortion reproductive decisions making 
in popular culture. The purpose of including an abortion plotline is simply to make jokes about abortion. In line with the research, Sisson just published an article in the new issue of journal Feminist Media Studies arguing that the use of abortion plotlines in television shows could be valuable valuable tool to help destigmatize abortion. The purpose of including abortion plotline is simple to make jokes about abortion, recognizing that such satire is valuable for such people as both a means and an end. This should not be surprising. Comedy has often been used as a subversive way of challenging predominantly social structures. She added, arguing that because comedy has a history of challenging taboo social issues, abortion is even intuitive new ground for comedy to address. The inclusion of abortion stories on shows other than dramas will only increase the diversity of real and inspired stories that are told, expanding our cultural ideas of appropriate ways to experience and share a full range of reproductive choices. That's not a choice. If I walked outside and hit a woman with my car and she was pregnant and I was drunk, that would be double murder in every state in the Union. We consider the murder of a baby in the womb as a homicide. But 1,051,000 were paying for it through emergency contraception. We're supposed to make jokes about it. And now states like Illinois are making people pay for the abortion. Because the Hyde Amendment only talks about federal funds. These people are fucking monsters. If your idea of family planning is not to use the birth control that we were drummed in 2008 was a right. Women needed this everywhere. It has to be free. And we told Catholic institutions who don't believe in it, you will provide birth control regardless of your religious views. You will provide morning after pills Regardless of your religious views. All the while the American people go, no, I don't want to pay for your abortion. No, you shouldn't be able to sell baby body parts, Planned Parenthood. We fund you. No, you shouldn't be doing abortions in the third trimester when you're federally funded. If you all want to do this, it goes back to the beginning. Go do it on your own dime. Nobody's saying abortion should be outlawed. Normal Americans are not running around saying, you can't have an abortion. You gotta have that baby. We're saying we should not be funding a fucking abortion fucking mill that makes $1.46 billion. And they gotta have our money. They can't do it without us. The reality is, I'm now a sexist for saying that, and I'm a racist. Because supposedly, all women of color get abortions. That's that's how, you go on the internet and you argue with these progressives. That's their logic. Women of color need me to pay for their abortion. They don't keep their babies, I guess. Who's the racist now? 
So that's Planned Parenthood 2016-17. I'm going to stop there because I keep going. I'm going to have a freaking heart attack because this shit pisses me the fuck off. We should not give a dime to Planned Parenthood. And all you fucking conservatives like John McCain that spent your entire career saying we should not be funding Planned Parenthood, you had the chance to do it. You didn't do it. The blood of 1,051,000 babies is on your hand. To a music break, news, social media, nuggets. Usually a drink will do the trick. Take the edge off quick, sitting in the dark with a shared cigarette. Seeing eye to eye and heart to heart. But maybe I'm just getting old. Used to work, but now it don't. A long gone drive. You know the kind where you take a turn and you don't know why. But it clears your mind, a surefire cure. I need something strong. It'll last a little longer I could use a love song That takes me back just like that When it comes on To a time when I wouldn't roll my eyes At a guy and a girl Make it work in a world That for me so far just seems to go so wrong Yeah, I could use, I could use a love you work. Mm, I know. Hey, I'm cute now, too. Gorgeous. Oh, mm. <laughs> you know, one day I might go out there and audition instead of just teaching. Go to L.A. Mm. Do what? Mm, and do what? You know what I mean. Audition to become a dancer. Get on TV. I don't know. Audition. How about you... I wish I didn't know so much I peeked behind the curtain now That magic rush Feels like a trick that isn't working But I haven't lost all hope yet <laughs> You love this house yeah, it's <laughs> but it ain't dead I could use a love song It takes me back just like that When it comes is going to go for me and I know that's scary but I have to find out and I thought of all people you would understand that understand what that this this house is not good enough for you that I'm not that's good not it and you know it why do you need more than this why can't you just be happy with this because I don't want to spend the rest of my life regretting that I never even tried Ben please come with me please come with me you know what? Fine. You want to go? Then go. 
Go parade yourself in front of a bunch of students hoping that they think you're hot enough to be some slutty background dancer or something. Stop it. Why are okay? you doing this? I am done. But just you realize when you come back here, I will be waiting when you finally realize that it isn't you. at the media bubble one podcast at a time here's tony reed stop now it's time for news and social media nuggets the crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind game on campus these days and they call it pc pc politically correct and it's not just politics it's everything it's what you eat it's what you wear and it's what you say if you don't watch yourself you can get in a buttload of trouble for instance we have right see these girls yep. no you don't those are women you call them girls and they'll pop your figs save the whales gays in the military now military corner I'm, unfortunately we've had our first combat loss of 2018 u.s military tuesday announced the death of a service member in a firefight that injured four more americans in nagar province january 1st the first combat casualty 
We are deeply saddened by the loss of one of our own, so General John Nicholson, Commander U.S. Forces Afghanistan. In this very difficult time, our heartfelt sympathies go out to the families and friends of our fallen and wounded brothers. That was Dan Lamoth. That's the one that tweeted it. I never heard it in the media. <clears throat> Here's all the sweet gear soldiers will rock down range in 2018. That's horrible reading to do it. That's the thing. 2017 was a big year for military fashion from the end of the Army's luxury gray PT uniform to the embarrassing 94 million in forest camo that Uncle Sam ordered up for Afghan soldiers in largely forest-free Afghanistan. But with the Army's latest four-year uniform transition now winding down, 2018 has been even big gear. New guns. After turbulent year, the Army finally began filling the M17 and M18 pistols picked up for the new modular handgun system program at the beginning of 2017. The branch rolled out the new sidearms to soldiers of the 101st Airborne Division on November 28th with the plans to issue the weapons Army-wide over the next 10 months, beginning with team leaders. But it's not just the new pistols. A spokesman from the Army Project Executive Office soldier told task and purpose of the branches upgraded a total of 241,361 M4s and M4A1s, half of the roughly 483 upgrade envisioned under the Service M4 Product Improvement Program. The Army plans to have those upgrades completed by 2018. No words yet on when the branch's new 556 Body Army Defeating Ammo are ready to go, though. The Army has also approved 1,111 M3E1 recordless rifles as a replacement for the standard 84mm M3 multi-role anti-armor, anti-personnel weapon system, the Mawaz, better known as the M3 Karloff Gustav. The Army announced October that plan on fielding the lightweight improved hot weather Army combat uniform within a year. Officials plan to issue 65,000 pairs of the new four sets to each soldier to the rest of the 25 infantry division. They'll get the first one. New boots, Bellevue Boot Company and Rocky Boots, in December produced more than 36,000 pairs of the branch new Jungle Combat Boot, which once again we covered the 25th is carrying. New protective gear. Uh, the new modular scalable vest, a major component of the next generation soldier protective system. The new night vision goggle, a task of purpose reported. The enhanced night vision goggle three kits as early as the third quarter of fiscal 2018 to give soldiers an improved vision in low light settings and poor weather conditions. When will those goggles actually make it on a troop's face is made seen. New dress uniforms, which are the badass take names, pinks, World War II, in an Iron Man armor. armor. U.S. Special Operations Command said in February they plan on actually testing the tactical assault light operator suit, Talos, the 21st century suit of electronic armor lovingly referred to as Iron Man suit, given the DOD track record with futuristic moonshot projects. Chances are the only next-gen soldiers will dawn in 2018 will be the pink and greens, which I thought was pretty funny. Had an article, Top 5 Triggered Campus Libels. I'm going to save it for next show because this is a pretty long one. Six things that offended college students in 2017. One, 9-11 memorials. Two, 
Constitution, three, police, four, monuments, five, non-inclusive language, <clears throat> that's fucking great, on such guide was issued at the University of Wisconsin, River Falls, where officials cracked down on the potentially offensive language by telling students to check yourself for using terms as illegal alien, ugly, or even you guys. Hmm. And then Emerson College deemed homosexual to be offensive reference to gay or lesbian couples, saying only the latter terms are sufficiently inclusive. Christmas. Students find new ways every year to be offended by Christmas, but this year an academic department at the University of Minnesota declared bows and rappers. Do you remember that one? That was a good one. Another professor suggests counseling for victims of microaggressions. True, true fact. An associate professor at the University of Rhode Island, URI, recently discovered that many students cope with racial microaggressions by going home and crying out, or even avoiding certain professors. One of the strategies she recommends is to offer counseling and leadership development programs for students of color so they can address microaggressions, activism, burnout, and self-care. Hmm. Yeah. This one was my favorite. Professor urges... Abolition of white democracy during lecture. A Diablo Valley College professor recently told students they should violate many of our existing laws because they perpetuate a white supremacist, patriarchal, heteronormative capitalist system. The professor also argued that about 50% of the students in the room should not stand for the Pledge of Allegiance because the American flag is not really representative of everybody. Some of you out there don't believe me. Oh, here's the soundbite. And there were people here, indigenous people, who were part, who paid the price, the very heavy price, for this project that is unfolding of white supremacy. So we begin with the fact that we exist in a white supremacist, patriarchal, heteronormative capitalist system. Thomas Jefferson, all men are created equal, yet I hold 200 slaves and I break many of them. And that's the beauty of the law. If you can write it, you can convince all others to follow it, just like all of us do today, when we shouldn't. Many of the laws existing, we should be violating those laws. We're taught to get up and pledge allegiance to the flag every single day, a flag that's not really representative of everybody who's standing up in that room. Maybe that's the way it should be taught. All those who this flag represents stand up, and all, and
where we'd have to bear arms, where we'd have to go against um, and do, do what is illegal. Well, well, isn't that nice? Okay. The next one's a biology professor lectures state rep on sex determination stuff. A uh, professor argued in several tweets that chromosomes don't determine sex. The tweets were written in response to Texas State Representative Briscoe Kane, who had tweeted a picture of XX and XY chromosomes. As a reminder, how many genders there are, and somehow this biology professor says that's bullshit. I'm going to break it down. It pretty much sums it up. You're a fucking moron. How did you get your degree? I'm still questioning. I don't get it. Just because your politics tell you there's more genders, biology says you're wrong. Hate speech is not free speech, insists college. A group representing 23 institutions of higher learning in San Antonio penned an open letter earlier this month declaring that hate speech and inappropriate messages are not legitimate forms of free speech. What are hate speech to them? Anything conservative. Good job. And to close out our college for the day, UC Davis offers, wait, 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 power nap class. That's right. The University of California Davis is offering a free power nap class being taught by trained professionals. The campus has 25 locations where students can take a 20-minute nap on hammocks outside or on a yoga mat in a dance studio to prevent students from sleeping in class. Hmm. Well, I'll be... I could go major in that shit. Do I get a degree? Just asking. Have a long article. Not going to read it, but I had to hit this. The Greatest Showman's coming out. I didn't even know that, but I watched it's uh, you know the Christmas Story Live, and of course it was on there. And it's about P.T. Barnum. So the articles that I found are pretty similar like this. You Jackson Rolls, P.T. Barnum helps erase the showman's violent racism. The Greatest Showman ignores that Barnum's fortunes came from exploding, exploiting and abusing African Americans. If we don't have articles like that, we have articles that are saying he abused freaking handicapped people. Yeah. In a news and social media nugget first, I have to agree with Hollywood. It's ruining viewing habits. Jodie Foster slams superhero movies a cinematic equivalent of fracking. <laughs> and I agree with her. Half the time, most of us don't even know who the fuck these people were because we didn't read comics. But I thought that was a really good quote. And I 100% am with Jodie Foster, which makes me feel weird inside. This stat... Cracks me up. Could have been in the stats today, but it belongs in news and social media nuggets for those who do the show. It's the crazy shit. California led the U.S. with 490 UFO sightings in 2017. Good job, California. While you're having your pot and your ammo restrictions and all that crazy shit, keep looking for those UFOs. This one is right down the alley of Me Too, I guess, because I don't get these people. Talking about Me Too, talking about men are pigs, kill the fucking patriarchy, ah la 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 la. Naked gym classes now offered in New York Hanson Fitness. Oh, this is a real thing. At 6 p.m., the fitness studio will have its first nude personal training session. The studio initially plans to host three sessions a week, one mixed, one for men and one for women. 
Located in Soho, the class will be total body workout that uses your body weight as resistance to work the glute, butt, legs, and core, making you look and feel good naked. The company said in press release, New Year's Nude You, they say. Hanson Studio founder Harry Hanson, fitness guru, said in the release, Our approach makes sure our members get to stay in the absolute, absolute best shape, and our new naked personal fitness sessions are no exception. This new development brings with it a range of fitness and health benefits and allows our members to have a little cheeky fun in the process. Yeah. If you're not into that, head on down to Bold and Naked Yoga Studio in Midtown West, which has a naked and clothed yoga class, private sessions, and other training programs. Okay. Nobody's going to get sexually harassed in that bad boy. Get the freaking hell out of here. This one's funny, too. Affidavit, couple arrested for having oral sex in a baby A's booth. <laughs> Police arrested a couple after manager at a North Austin restaurant noticed them engaged in oral sex at a booth in front of customers, according to arrest affidavit. Jonathan Hightower, 31, and LaShonda Fisher, 28, arrested Sunday for public lewdness, Class A misdemeanor, punishable by a fine of $4,000 in jail. She was sucking it in a booth. Wow. No self-awareness. And another dog attack, and once again, they were pit bulls. Pack of stray dogs maul women to death. 56-year-old woman, Deborah Assurs, was killed in Modesto in her driveway. Yeah. It's fucking horrible. Two science ones, powerful earthquakes to ravage Earth in 2018 because the planet's slowing down, scientists said. And then there was this one which blows up the whole thing. It comes from Paris. Paris. No irony there at all. Paris. Study. Earth has a natural thermostat to regulate climate during extremely extreme temperature swings. A recent study found proof for the first time ever that the Earth employs a natural thermostat to regulate the climate during periods of extreme temperature swings. The research examined rocks from 440 to 45 million years ago, which matches out to the second largest extinction period in planet's history. Using samples from Canada and Scotland, the rocks showed that the global chemical weather rate declined, which meant less carbon dioxide was removed and the climate was able to recover from the cool temperatures. So... What? Really? Maybe we're cold here in Tennessee because the planet's taking care of itself? Kind of blows the whole global warming concept, doesn't it? Interesting. And last but not least, science find Alzheimer treatment while trying to cure diabetes. Although the goal was to cure diabetes, scientists may have stumbled on a new medication to help treat and devastating effect of Alzheimer. Can't read today. According to press release from researchers at Lancaster University, a new drug being tested for diabetes patients was found to have significant reversed memory loss in test subjects and is now being examined as a possible treatment for their neurodegenerative disorder. And that is freaking fantastic. And oh, by the way, they didn't use stem cells for it. Wow. We don't need the baby parts now. Do we put them back? I'm just asking. Two. A lighter fare.
To our lighter fare, I found this. It was on ITV News. Research was carried out by the Ontario Institute for Studies and Education. Is your baby a bigot? Wow. You people really got to find something to do, man. I just laughed. And they basically show the black baby in this picture looking at the white baby. And the white baby just staring off into space. So their imposition with the video is that your baby is a video, a, a bigot. Because the white kid thinks they're better than the black kid. And the black kid's inquisitive about the white kid. That's pretty much what the article said. Okay. Sounds good. But our soundbite one is... God, this is just... Mackenzie did her spoof on Fox of Kathy Griffin... And I just love it. And we are back counting down to 2018. And we have a special guest here at Fox, Kathy Griffin. Yeah, that's right, Kathy Griffin. Kathy, why are you here anyway? I'm a fixture in Times Square. Nothing's going to keep me from this hassle. I thought you were fired. Weren't you fired? I was just trying to get ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what have you been up to? Well, I'm glad you asked. No, so I've been working on a comedy special. I got a lot of funny jokes. When you want to hear some? Yeah, why not? Okay, why did the chicken cross the road? Why, Because Anderson Cooper kicked it off the New Year's Eve show. (laughs) Want another one? Sure. Knock, knock. Who's there? Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper who? Exactly. You're dead to me. <laughs> oh, God. Ready for some more? Why not? Hillary couldn't be here tonight. She already dropped the ball once this year. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that was last year, but that's okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> okay. Are you drinking tonight, Jesse? I wish. I bet President Trump is drinking white Russians. <laughs> Get it? Because he colluded with the Russians. Very good. So fun. Sure. Why hey, not? You know, all these people can't go to the bathroom, and thousands of them are wearing diapers, just like Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I got a million of them, Jesse. All right, let's keep them coming. All right. Why was six afraid of seven? Why? Because seven, eight, Anderson Cooper. <laughs> Kinky, huh? Yeah, you seem really upset, Woo! Anderson Cooper. Are you, you're not over this, are you? Why does a golfer wear two pairs of pants? Why? In Kathy? case Anderson gets a hole in one. <laughs> uh, I like it. I don't know if I get it, but I like it. <laughs> I'm just looking through the screen trying to find his little white head. Okay, well. Um, what do you have planned for 2018, Kathy? Oh. Anything uh, Anything next on the agenda? Nope, it's all done. Everything? No more work. Okay. Nothing. Lost all, right. all my friends, my contracts, my sponsorships, my dignity, and my mental stability. Well, maybe you should what? beheaded the president. Oh, you and your details. <laughs> Those are minor details. I can't take a joke. Well, no one can take any of these, so, yeah, well. All right. Okay. And uh, a lot of police officers up. That's uh, absolutely right, Jesse. Well, I'm going to go ahead and keep hosting. I don't know why I said Mackenzie. It's Kennedy. Sorry about that. But that was pretty funny because that was what she was. And sadly, they were so bad this year with the pot bus, people wanted the person that had a beheaded Donald Trump to come back because it would be less painless 
than what we watched. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast, our first episode of 2018. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends and a comment about the track by emailing foppodcast at gmail.com. Fop podcast at gmail.com. Get the show on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Remember to check out the Flyover Politic webpage at foppodcast.com to see links to feeds for the show, links to our Facebook page, and to email us. There you'll also see a link to every episode on the episode release page and my blog on the blog page. Finally, while you're there, you can once again send an email. Suggest segments. Tell me what you want to hear in 2018. Our next podcast will probably be next week um, on Monday. Uh, that would be the 8th of January, the year of our Lord, 2017. And uh, going to try to cover some of the stuff about Iran Get a little bit more in depth into the WikiLeaks and the current state of Uba Aberdeen and an off politics subject. Um, for 2018, I'm going to do a politics, do a politics with off subject in the middle. I know today this is a first podcast, pretty serious with Planned Parenthood, but as I promised months ago, um, I'm going to stay on this abortion subject because of my change in life about pro life when I was pro choice. And once again, as stated in the segment, I don't, I don't care if you get an abortion. I don't want to pay for it. Don't think we should be funding Planned Parenthood. I think they're fucking monsters because a million, 51,000 babies is friggin' insane. Hope you guys are having a good week. Staying warm. I know I get a warm up maybe this weekend and then back down, but um, we will keep the fire burning here because it is cold outside. So stay safe. Those are in Florida area, East Coast, up there in Boykenton, Virginia. I think I said that right. Um, stay safe. I know you guys are getting pounded tonight with snow and ice and undetermined amounts because it's becoming a nor'easter type concept. So please stay safe. Spend some time with your family and friends this weekend. Disconnect from the doggone electronics and come back in and listen to me next Monday. Until then, Thanks for listening and take care. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor.